This is a CJSR podcast. Volunteer powered. Listener supported. Campus and community. Radio. Podcast. Podcast. Radio. Radio and and podcast. (laughs) (laughs) There would be months that I remember the, the most painful one. There was a month that I really felt like that was the most I've earned ever. Like I would have never ex- expected to see that a business, my business would earn this amount of money. You know what I mean? Can, can you imagine like how happy you are when, when you look at your sales like that? And then after accounting, realizing that 90% of that went to costs, went to payments, went to taxes, went to whatever, a lot of mismanagement and funds, you know what I mean? Julia. Hey, Sherry. What's the Cheesemus? This is What's the Cheesemus, a podcast about Philippinex identity in Edmonton. And the cheese meats I want to dig into today stems from waking up from my work from home routine. As much as I love my work from home routine, I can roll out of bed, get ready, turn on my kettle, get my tea, and be in front of my desk in half an hour. I can't help but wonder, what would my day look like if I was the one setting my own schedule? If I was the one figuring out what time of day I wanted to start and the amount of work I need to get done to sign off before the end of the day? And it also made me wonder... Well, for the people that dove headfirst into being entrepreneurs, how did that turn out? Were there regrets or blind spots that they didn't even realize existed before they became full-time entrepreneurs? And so, I reached out to my dear cousin, Mara C., and her partner, Andrew Silvoza, The both of them run two small businesses in a small surf town called La Union in the Philippines. Despite the 14-hour time difference, I was lucky enough to catch them at 10 p.m. Manila time and just before I went to work at 6 a.m. Mountain time. With that, here's our conversation about what happens when you quit your 9-to-5. I'm Anjusel Boza, and I run a fried chicken shop in San Juan, La Union. It's called Sabong Fried Chicken, and that's what I've been doing for the past four years. 
I'm 29 years old and yeah, I'm a, I'm a full-time entrepreneur and I do some side hustles here and there, but on a day-to-day basis, I run my shop. Hi, I'm Mara. I'm Julia's cousin. I'm currently living here in La Union also. And I just started my business also at the restaurant. It's called Little Changu. We serve Balinese food. And on the side, I still have an online job, actually. And I'm a freelance video producer when I can. Alrighty. So to start us off, can you guys talk a bit about your career journey, the career trajectory, and the different things you guys had to try out before you've decided to become full-time entrepreneurs? Okay, so Julia, for the record, Anja and I are very different people. Anja kind of just like jumping into things, and I'm the one who has to sit on them and then have to think about it very long. So I'm the type of person that when I have to think of a purchase, and then Anja just this is that who just buys them. So it's it's that kind of thing. So it started when I worked in an agency. It's an ad agency for like five years. And I got really, really burnt out. And I re- I knew to myself that um, I wanted to live in the province for since 2014, even before I started my work at the agency. And, and there was a point in the agency that I didn't like the culture anymore. And I didn't like how people were interacting with me. So it was a turning point. Like, okay, this is not the environment that I want to be in anymore. But it wasn't. It wasn't an immediate thing. I'm not the type to just go to a just go to a province and then start from scratch without any stability actually. So I had to look for an online job that would allow me to do what I want. And luckily enough, there's a company that offered that job for me and I earn more than what I had in the agency. I get to have my own fa- my own time and now I have enough time to work on the rest. So as what Mara said, I'm very different when it comes to just going out of the norm. Because when I was a kid, I was always kind of bred to be in the corporate scene. So I studied economics back in college with the thought of me working in the same place my dad worked. My dad runs the Department of Economics in the Central Bank of the Philippines. And I thought that's where I wanted to be. And then I tried working there for a couple of months and I hated it. I hated every second. And then by the time I was fourth year college, I actually didn't know what I was going to do. Like I was completely lost. And somehow that led me into teaching. I landed like, it was supposed to be um, temporary, but it became like a two-year job where I became a high school teacher. I started teaching Filipino to second year high school students. And then right after that, I got the feel of what it felt like being in a very stable nine to five corporate job, even though I was a teacher, right? But then as what Maya said, there are some parts in the culture of a nine to five that really didn't stick with me well, politics and all that stuff. So I just decided to leave. I decided to quit my job and do something i had no plan i literally had nothing and i didn't have much savings also i just had maybe a little bit to get me through um that led me to starting my first restaurant i started a hawaiian poke bowl shop and malasada shop in quezon city i ran it for two years 
barely making money, barely making ends meet until that failed. And then by the time that failed, I was already months into starting my second restaurant, the one I'm running now, Sabong Fried Chicken. So as what Mara said, my bad habit is I jump into things. When I see an opportunity that's too good for me to pass up, I'll try to make everything happen or make everything work. I'll try to bend, bend over backwards and try to see whatever to make it happen. And that didn't necessarily put me in a good place before, but I guess there were a lot of things I learned in the past couple of years that led me to where I am now. So now I'm a full-on cook, uh, entrepreneur for my fried chicken. Wow, what a journey. Um, I feel like I'm barely scratching the surface here, but I know at Mars, you mentioned that you started Little Changu in the middle of a pandemic. And so I wanted to hear you guys' thoughts on any lessons you've learned about yourself as an entrepreneur in the middle of a pandemic? On my end, what I learned, I think, was I I worked, I got, got to work before in a very bad environment when I was still a teacher. I felt how it, uh, I felt mistreated by the management. I felt mistreated by my bosses and all those things. And I felt very replaceable, blah, 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 blah. When I was going to run my own shop and have employees of my own, I wanted them to feel the complete opposite of what I felt when I was in that job. So what I learned during the pandemic is I value our people more than anything. So if it's reinvesting possible opportunities, new locations, whatever, putting all of that money and just, just giving it to our giving it to our employees we'd rather just give it to help them survive and post through if it's an employee a, a super long time employee asking for an additional liquidity just to send their kids to school blah 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 i would give my own just to post them through so what i learned is that i want them to feel what i didn't feel when i was still working it was just a little reflection on how i want to be as a boss compared to the boss that I had before when I used to still work. Putting up a business during the pandemic, especially for a restaurant, was an, I saw it as an opportunity for us to get better until the tourism starts again. So even right now, we're still in the R&D phase for our menu items. Uh, we get feedback from the people who are here and who would really support us, support us no matter how much we fail. Or, for example, if I feed you something like it's a little too salty, you will still come back because, you know, friendship and, and their support. It made us feel a little more brave. It's scary because it, um, it's a long process till the tourism comes back because the government saw. But it, uh, it's a whole journey of us being able to prepare for when that comes. So we make sure that our food would be great, the quality would be steady. and it's a learning process that the pandemic gave us to breathe in so that we could be really good when we finally open up for everybody. That's such an amazing uh, perspective to have in regards to the pandemic. Uh, we all know there's no shortage of the negative impact that the global pandemic has brought on to businesses, families, uh, relationships, etc. It's just wonderful to hear you look at it in such a different way. 
And throughout all of it, I'm wondering if you're able to expand on how important it is to know the community around you, how that plays out in your day to day. Oh, community is a big part. For me, it's it's the biggest reason I even started a business in La Union. I started going to this beach back in 2015, and I met some amazing businessmen back then. They own some coffee shops. They own a hotel. And they taught me so many things I needed to learn. They had business practices very different from the norm. And I felt like if they can succeed, you know, I think I can also. And these are the type of people I'd want to work with. This is the community I'd love to be around, which kind of made me gravitate towards being here rather than butting heads with people in Manila. You know what I mean? Because in Manila, I, feel, I, I don't feel like people are trying to complement each other to grow. They're trying to over-compete with each other to be on top. And here in La Union, it feels like everybody's trying to make each other grow at, at the very least. Here in uh, the community wants everybody to grow and make sure that their business stays afloat. So what I love about it is the people would be really, really honest with us or with each other about the service or the quality of whatever the food, maybe the accommodations, whenever there's something wrong or we hear from our friends who are tourists and they said something like, hey, Sabong didn't. Um, didn't taste so good today. Um, and then that would be an opportunity for me to, to tell Angel to check up on his stall. So it's watching each other's backs. That's what I like about it. And we make sure that everybody's experience here would be a good one and that all the food places that we recommend to other people and we recommend each other, they would also have a good experience. So oh, that's what makes people come back to Longyan actually, the friendship, the community and overall the whole culture of it the accommodations the food surfing everything goes with it and it's all because the community has each other and that's what we like about it a small cool thing with the community here also is we kind of most of us kind of come from the same background like they had full-time jobs in Manila, and at some point, they just didn't want to live in the city anymore. Some of them used to be people working in ad agencies, people working in um, big corporate companies, telcos, whatever. And somehow, when they wanted to you know, quit the nine-to-five life and leave their stable job to pursue what they really want, they found themselves moving to La Union and being a coffee maker, selling bikinis, cutting hair, running a hotel. So it's it kind of opened my eyes to it is okay to pursue your passion. It is okay to do what makes you feel happy and what makes you feel satisfied and content over what society keeps dictating is the norm. Getting a good stable job in a in a blue chip company. You know what I mean? Like here people live as barbers and they live well and they're successful. And I I felt like if they could do it, then I could be a I could run a fried chicken shop and be successful also and be content and be happy with my life. Be happy with what, what I do on a day-to-day basis. But it's not all butterflies. Like we're not 
all just oh we're doing all our passions and we're living by the beach we get to surf whenever we want it's not it's not all butterflies everybody that moved here from manila everybody that i know at least we all have another job or we're we all have freelancer projects or an online job to keep us afloat because to be transparent provincial rates are really low and to keep our lifestyles we would need more income so people here are actually hardworking to achieve whatever we want to achieve and to pursue these passions that they want to do and but it's all calculated at the same time like we all have to work harder to be here and it's not as easy as seen on the photos it's not as carefree as we portray it to be but we actually double to be here and that's the funny thing about it well that's true the cool thing also is for everybody that tries to build the business here or tries to be an entrepreneur here or tries to pursue their passion it's like if i'm going to pursue a craft i have to be the best at that craft you can't be wishy-washy and play yourself in the middle like you have to be the best because you have to you know that's how you survive that's how you kind of stay afloat and doing what you do and at the same time like what mara said it's really finding other means of earning to keep doing what you do so there is a side hustle that will support your passions, that will support your well-being. Uh, it all just sums up to, are you willing to work twice as hard just so you can finally do what you want? Or do you want to stay in Manila or stay in your office job and be in that comfortable life? that you're okay with so it's really that also that decision i didn't realize that being able me being able to move here would mean i would work so much harder but it's more of i'm willing to do it because i want to be here and i want to achieve my dream of having my own restaurant and just because of that thinking I don't get burned out. I do get tired, but I'm willing to put up with it because it's for me and it's for my freedom. It's not like the one in the the fatigue I felt when I was in the agency because I was doing it for some other person. But right here, right now, I'm doing it for myself. And I'm willing to put up with that even if I'm working harder. Mm-hmm. And so for for someone who's, for example, thinking... Well, it's easy for you to say you're on a beach. It's nice. It's beautiful. But I'm in Manila. I'm stuck in traffic two hours like every morning. What What would you say to them? Because if they're thinking, well, I am I am building the capital, like Andrew was saying, I just I just need to grind it out. Like, how do you transition from that? Like, okay, the nine to five is what's going to fund my dream versus, okay, freelancing, maybe considering that. Like, what are the pros and cons to you guys for both? For me, it's like, there's no right answer to, should I leave my nine to five? Do I pursue my entrepreneurship dreams? Whatever. It's, what do you want to do really? At the end of the day, what makes you feel fulfilled? For example, if you're doing a nine to five and it's your dream job, it's your dream company, it's the company you've been wanting to work for your entire life and they keep you afloat, they let you do everything you want. If you're in that position, then 
there, there is no reason to hate on a nine to five. At the same time, like being an entrepreneur isn't all butterflies and unlimited time and do whatever you want. It's also like, and you're working 24 seven, that's where your mind is all the time. So like, there is no right answer. It's just, if you want to do it, then do the side hustles. If pursuing your passions won't guarantee you a stable income right away, then do the side hustles to keep you afloat. You kind of have to jump in the water. There will be no book to tell you how to run your own business, how to do something different. As hard as it is, dive in the water and see how it is and learn from there. I think it's also setting rules for yourself. There was a big understanding for me that I can't just rely on my job so that I could be free from it. And so with that, I realized I had to do more. And it was exhausting, actually, to do it. But to do more than your desk job because you want to be free from it, I knew in my head, like, I have to do it now so that I can get out of here. So every time I get to sneak in a freelance job or freelance work, I would do it and then set that aside. So that when I'm finally ready to get out, I'm safe and I have this money to cushion me for when I leave. And so with that being said, I know the biggest thing anyone talks about when they think about starting their own business is money. And from what you guys are saying, you know, you better be prepared to put in money, time, effort and lose money, time and effort. How has your experience been? With that, like I know, Anjo, you were saying that you just dove in head first, and Atimaris, you were saying that you planned. How do you guys view like money now that you've started the business, failed at a business, and are running businesses? Honestly, money for me is just freedom. Money is like being financially free will really put you in better places to do what you want or start your business. Because what happened with me was that, as I mentioned a while ago, I when I did my business, I I didn't really know what to do at that time. So I put 95% of everything I've ever owned as a teacher, all my salary, every all my money, I put that into starting my business. And I left 5% to myself. 5% left to myself equated to $16, 800 pesos on my end. So... I didn't have money to keep doing what I was doing. So I was doing random side hustles. I was coaching a basketball team to earn me X amount of pesos. I would be managing this person. I would be doing shows, whatever, just so I could keep myself afloat and um, be able to pursue my business. So once my side hustles didn't equate anymore to the expenses I needed to keep doing what I was doing, I had to shut my business down. Because I couldn't pay myself anymore. I couldn't pay my staff anymore. So money is very important. It's not, it's not something you can just disregard. You have to have money to start it. But at the same time, it's not something to be scared of also. If you know what you're doing and you have a better understanding or a better feel of what you're doing, you can risk it. Risk what you have knowing that you'll still kind of hustle to pay yourself more. To better explain that, when I started my second restaurant, as I said a while ago, I needed 170000 to to be able to put it up. So once that started, I, I was able to put up my restaurant through my side hustles. At the same time, I was still trying to do side hustles so that my monthly expenses didn't have to come from my business just yet so I could let my business grow 
by itself without me having to take any money from it. Being a little bit more financially educated at the same time, being a bit more financially free at the same time, learning from my mistakes in the past kind of just all melded together into I could run my business, I could be an entrepreneur and kind of weather the storm because I've already seen, you know, the bad side of it. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I was I was scared of money actually before because I wasn't really earning enough because I had a few bills on my back. And then when I finally got to understand, it was hard for me to even pay for things for myself, like buy myself new clothes, buy myself new shoes because I was scared of losing money. But I understood that money is by my side and I worked hard for it. And I had to learn more on how I could handle it so that it works for me. So it was in investing and looking for opportunities, how I can make it grow. And it was only when I started reading up on it, learning more about it, and asking for help from other people about all the options that I could do, that's when it became clear for me. And then it became um, safer for me to invest in myself like in for my business or when I would do something and I feel like I might lose it it would be fine I would see it as a learning experience and I paid for it it was it wasn't that and with all the putting up the businesses or just um making sure you don't lose or you risk your money you just have to really read about it and then learn about it and calculate it as much as you can and Secure yourself, not to put everything out, just what Angel did. I don't think that was safe for him to do. He just survived it. He's a, I don't know, he's a unicorn. But as long as you have enough for yourself that you would live for like three months, six months with stable income and expenses, then you can risk, start risking the other stuff, your other extra money. and. Being able to understand that, that whole thing, you'd be more comfortable in doing things. You start doing things for yourself. When you're starting a business, you feel like you have to do everything because, you know, you want to save as much money as possible. You don't want to bloat up your um, overhead expenses. When did you when did you guys decide that, okay, now it's time to expand a little, hire another person? When do you get to start paying yourself as a business owner? Um, so that was a very um, funny thing. So when I when I started my business, I told everybody because I I got my partners together. I was the one who brought partner A and partner B to be partners with me. They didn't know each other before the business started. So I told everybody that if we're gonna start the business, we can't take money from it for the next three years. No dividends will be taken. No salaries will be given. Every everything we earn will just keep going back into the business because we're bound to make so much mistakes. We're bound to lose money in order for us to learn and sort of pay our tuition <laughs> and to learning what it is to run a business. We can't take money away from it. Money just circulates, and until we learn and are confident enough to start, okay, 
we can take we can start taking dividends now we can start paying ourselves more now we can do this and that and reinvest but until then we just every the money just kept rotating at the same time we wanted to be able to pay our employees the highest amount of salary possible at that time for them so our employees got paid a lot uh, more than most people in this area but we didn't get anything we earned nothing from it until the third year and luckily by that third year going into the fourth year that's when the pandemic hit so when the pandemic hit we had enough money in the bank to keep us afloat for a year keep everybody afloat for a year so without that padding the emergency would have drained us as it did drain other businesses in the area oh um Actually, I'm in that situation right now. So right now, we're only open during the weekends. And I do my own shift. Yeah, I do kitchen work from 7 a.m. until we finish. Like, the worst one was until 10 p.m., so just more than 12 hours. And there's a struggle right now of being able to hire because we don't have enough customers yet to say, that we'll be able to hire. But the decision came when we were getting really exhausted and that we would look into the numbers and say, hey, we could hire one more person and then it would be easier for everybody. So we didn't, it was also weighing our health that if we keep this up, we're going to get sick and we won't be able to survive. And it was also weighing it with the numbers that, can we already afford it? And we'll be able to stay afloat even if we hire one more person without customers for a day. So it was, it's still that. Money should be your friend. Numbers should be your friend, no matter where you go, even if you're not into business. And that's the part that we're at now. That's the stage we're at now for our restaurant. At the same time, like that's how you know our restaurants or our business is about to scale up though like when you're starting to realize that oh i can hire one more person to do one job that i'm not doing anymore or this person won't be doing anymore so you're freeing up a lot of mental space and physical space to do more important things to help your business grow so the thing that that usually a lot of small businesses kind of get stuck in is when the entrepreneur never wants to step out of roles when the entrepreneur keeps wanting to do everything by themselves and that's what usually makes everything sink because what entrepreneurs or what business small business owners what they wanted in the start why they wanted to do their business is they wanted independence outside of the nine to five but that's also what will keep them from scaling up and being a better a bigger business so the fact that they just want to fidget everything and do everything by themselves so the fact that the business owners are wanting to switch off some parts and hire more more people, better people than them, then that's how you kind of know that it's growing. Right. And so now kind of wrapping things up, you guys mentioned how entrepreneurship is the buzzword of the day. Everyone's putting it on Instagram, Clubhouse, like all these different apps. What is one thing no one tells you about being an entrepreneur? For me, um, one thing that nobody tells you about being an entrepreneur is that it is hard. It's not just a buzzword you put on your Instagram profile to make yourself more attractive or more professional. 
being an actual entrepreneur is hard work. It takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of yourself. Like everybody's complaining about a nine to five because you work nine hours, right? So when you're doing, if you're an entrepreneur, you work 24 seven. That's where your head is at every day, every moment when you're driving, when you're taking a bath, when you're taking a dump, when you're just walking down the street, you keep just thinking about your business. And if you have more than one business, you keep thinking about both your businesses nonstop. It doesn't matter if there's someone else doing your work or someone else doing marketing or sales or uh, you have a cook that you that you really trust. You keep thinking about it every day. And people don't think that. People think that when you're an entrepreneur, you get to escape the hard work. You just have your own time. You have your own freedom. You get to live by the beach, blah, blah, blah. That's what all my friends tell me. Like, oh, you're so lucky. You, you quit your job. You're just living by the beach. But I'm working my ass off every day or I'm I'm always worried about how much my business will earn. Will it be enough to pay my staff? Will it be enough to pay everybody, you know, everybody be, oh, will, will we have customers tomorrow, the next day, the next week, the next month? You're never still. You're always moving. There are always moving parts, whether it's your hand, your 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 legs, your brain. It's It's always there. But if it's something you love doing, like for me, it's food. I'd, I'd love to go through the 24-7 with it. I love staying patient and, and just working hard on it. Because it's, you know, it's the one thing that makes me happiest. At the same time, it's just doing that and being, you know, practical with my situation. So it's making sure that it's earning me enough to be able to say that I will do it. Like I have my own financial plans and I have my own dreams. If and if what I'm doing as an entrepreneur now leads me to both of those things and more, then I don't see any reason why, you know, you can't be an entrepreneur and be successful and be happy and, you know, have a stable income. Yeah, that's right. For adding up on Angels, when you have a nine to five, your job finishes at five, right? So you get to go home, get to rest, watch, whatever, do skincare. But when you're running a business, you're on it for 24-7. And I don't have time to even just do something fun for myself or do. I just have to make some space, some small, small space to take care of myself. And that in itself is exhausting and getting some energy out of me. But that's part of it. But what nobody told me about running a business is you will pay yourself last. You have to pay for everything, overhead costs, your staff, even the equipment you buy or everything that you need. Everything has to go first and then you pay yourself last. And when you pay yourself and nothing is left, then you don't pay yourself at all so that you could save up for the business or the money still going around. So you absolutely have to prepare yourself for that, that you have to really get some extra money because you might not even get anything for this month, next month, or the next three months. And you should keep that in mind. Nobody tells you that. And then the next one is, your best friend would be accounting for absolutely any business. And I hate myself for flushing it down, everything I learned in accounting after university. But it's your best friend 
for absolutely everything, every aspect of the business. Even, for example, food, costing all the menu items, costing all the equipment, how much you should top up to earn, how much all the over- overhead is. So if you don't know it, get an accountant, period. So are you guys DIYing your accounting right now or when you first started? Oh, for sure. Sure, dude. That was DIY as hell. Which at some point just meant losing money every month, monthly. Like there would be months that I remember the, the most painful one. There was a month that I really felt like that was the most I've earned ever. Like I would have never ex- expected to see that a business, my business would earn this amount of money. You know what I mean? Can, can you imagine like how happy you are when, when you look at your sales like that? And then after accounting, realizing that 90% of that went to costs, went to payments, went to taxes, went to whatever, a lot of mismanagement and funds, you know what I mean? So, man, get an accountant. Get people in finance, dude. It's tough. Just pay them. Just don't even think about it. Pay them. Just they will just do wonders to keep you afloat. Don't do those automated accounting on like the paid apps for accounting. Just no, get an actual accountant that tells you what to do because they're better than you in finance. So what I'm hearing is get an accountant, pay them out of sight, out of mind. Great. And so right now, just wrapping things up, do you guys have any last lingering thoughts that you want to share? For me, you just have to trust yourself and trust the process. Being part of a nine-to-five doesn't mean that you're stuck. It may be part of your journey to get to where you want to be in the future. Just get all the wisdom, get all the knowledge that you can get and secure yourself. Money is your best friend. Don't be scared of it. And Protect yourself with it and you'll be fine. Mine would be that I know that society will always dictate what is the norm or where you're supposed to be. There's a blueprint for what a perfect life is for most people, for most parents, for most families. There is a blueprint. At any point in your life, if you find yourself deviating from that blueprint, from that equation, then by all means, do it. If you're deviating from the norm, do it, but make sure that you're doing it with practicality, with empathy, with patience, with hard work. Just deviate, but deviate smartly. And just believe in yourself when you're doing it. And there you have it. I don't know about you guys, but I am so ready to move to a small surf town start my own restaurant, and hire an accountant. I am so very glad to have had my cousin Mara and her partner Anjo in today's podcast just because of the difference in how they work as entrepreneurs and it really goes to show that there is no one-size-fits-all and if it were easy, everyone will be doing it. But while waiting for my new surf town life, 
I will be trucking along with my work from home routine and who knows what the future holds, but hope you guys are all staying safe and we'll see you next time. What's the Cheesemies is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton, Alberta on Treaty 6 territory. Today's episode was produced by me, Julia Huko, with help from the wonderful team at What's the Cheesemies. A big thank you to my wonderful guests, my cousin, Mara C, and her partner, Andrew Silvoza. The both of them own restaurants in a small surf town in the Philippines. If you're interested, give them a shout at SaboFC on Instagram, as well as little.cangu, Little Changu. You can find all our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, and on our website, whatsthecheesemies.transistor.fm. You can also connect with us on Facebook at What's the Cheesemies CJSR or Instagram at What's the Cheesemies. Or you can send us an email at cheesemies at cjsr.com. That's T S I S M I S. Salamat.